Jack Act of the Track. another episode of the podcast that no one asked for uh we are down a man tonight uh kyle had a bunch of stuff going on so he is not joining us tonight but i am as always joined by my other co-host jordan pensavene jordan how was your week how was your weekend good man uh, i went to a wedding this weekend my um one of my good friends from high school got married it was an awesome time a lot of, it was a lot of fun um it was fun to you know see you too because you know we, we had been such good friends uh, for such a long time, and his now wife is very, very cool. It was a lot of fu- a lot of fun seeing a lot of old high school friends too there. So you know it was a blast. And then uh, Sunday, I actually went to the city when met one of my mom's friends from California, um, who she hasn't seen in like years. And then we went out to dinner, nice, nice restaurant. So you know it was it was awesome. It was a great time. Great to see my mom was very happy to see her, and her husband and her daughter came. So it was you know it was a blast, man. It was it was great to see that. So. No, it was good. I can't complain. I had great food, great drinks, you know, all that good stuff. So, you know, what about you, PB? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a busy week for me, so I was really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, of course, Friday night came, and of course, I went to a brewery. What else is new? Um, so that was fun. But Saturday night was really dope. Uh, we have something in town. It's uh, I know other places do it, too. Uh, it's a brew fest, but it's at a zoo. Um, it's the first time I ever went, but I was super pumped to go to the zoo and drink and see lions. Um, which, you know, made my night. Normally they're supposed to only give you like four ounce samples. There's a bunch of breweries you go and you just try different beers, seltzers. They had wine slushies. It was a blast. I happen to know a lot of people, uh, because I frequent breweries. There's a lot of people who I knew there. So, uh, needless to say, I had, uh, bigger portions than four ounces. So no way, not yet. Probably not you. You (laughs) seem like not the big drinker type. Like, no, no, not at all. Not you at seem all. like the guy to like drink it and then spit it out and be like, yeah, it was all right. You don't see the ones that I actually like indulge. Yeah, 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 swish it around in my mouth and then spit yeah. it out. Yeah. But yeah. um, but no, I'm a big sour guy, so there was a lot of sours there. So um that was my weekend. It was a blast. Uh, I'm happy to say uh we are joined by one of my favorite follows, um, Fitz uh, GSN from Odyssey Sports. He's well known on Twitter. He one of his favorite things that he ever did for me. Uh, well, not for me, but I'll say it was for me. Um, <laughs> in, in 2020, he did the um, the photoshops of the NFL draft graphics, but with superheroes. Um, everybody who knows me, I'm a huge superhero fan. So that was that was actually when I, I came across his account, and um, I've been a happy follower ever since. Uh, but we're happy to have you, man. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it and uh, appreciate the kind words over the – the, the dumb uh, superhero graphics that I, I made to make fun of ESPN back in the day. <laughs> Fitz is an amazing tweeter. Like, I'm not just gassing him because he no, decided to come on our show. <laughs> Fitz is a, an amazing tweeter. Like, when I saw that Batman graphic, I laughed for a good 20 minutes. Like, that was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, if you haven't seen it, go on Fitz's Twitter account. Fitz, F-I-T-Z underscore G-S-N, Correct. Uh, GSN the underscore. underscore. Yeah, I think that. So what he said, and just look at the pin tweet, and it just it cracks me up every single time I go on his profile. He is such a good tweeter, and he's so funny. And we're very, it seems very relatable too. Um, he shares he he shares hatred with of Jim Beheim with me too. So the worst. Yeah, so it's get him out. Get him out. Get out of there. Um, speaking of Twitter accounts, Fitz, we got to talk about this, bro. So Paulie and I were talking about it the other day about your tweet about the burner accounts for fantasy football. Now I'm a big fantasy football guy. Paulie, I know you are too. I have never heard anybody do this. Kind of explain this whole thing, Fitz, that you create burner accounts to like stuff. Paul, do you have the tweet up? Yeah, it says people, people definitely think I'm joking when I say my burner is for fantasy football. So my boys in our league, don't see the stuff I'm liking, but I can assure that is 100% the sole reason for it. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. So, so like a few years ago, like all, all my, my close friends are like, we started a fantasy football league before we went to college. Like, so we've been 
doing it for a pretty long time now. This I think this is like upcoming our like ninth season or whatever. So like you know, a few years ago, uh, when I first started, you know, tweeting more, um, like one of my closest and oldest friends, like he he saw on his like feed, you know, when you go on, you know, your phone and you see like so and so likes X tweet or whatever. So he he saw me like a tweet about like a player I was targeting in our draft. And he was like the pick behind or a pick in front of me. And like he played it off great, like played it coy for like the entire, you know, month and a half leading up to it and snagged the dude right before me. I'm like, yo, like how, how, how the fuck do you know about him? He's like, well, I saw you like a tweet about him like a couple months ago. So I was like, all right, like this can't happen anymore. So like I, I made the burner mainly 100% for fantasy football. Like all I follow is. Fantasy football and gambling, like that's it on that account. Uh, I I literally just bookmark and like any tweets about you know players for the upcoming season, any like sleepers, values, all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm like a I, listen. There's nothing in my opinion better than in sports than Red Zone Sunday. Um, like for gambling, for fantasy, whatever. If you just want to watch football, I mean, I'm, we're Jets fans, so obviously. We don't have to. It's actually a blessing because we don't ever have to see the Jets, especially the last couple of years when it was on red zone. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the only time they were in the red zone was when they were about to kick a field goal. And they probably missed it anyways. Yeah, or or a quick red alert for a pick six or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's literally. I, I swear to God, that people. I I have people have asked me like a bunch, like you you're like lying, like you know. Obviously, like I got my start talking about the Rangers on Twitter, but like they're like you definitely like check in on the Rangers and stuff, like everybody's swearing. I'm like, I swear to God, dude, when I when I take like a three or four week break from my main Twitter account, I'll, all I look at is my burner for fantasy football. That's it. Like it's it's refreshing. It's great. It's a great way to like relax from the the cesspool that is Twitter. You know, it's. It, it's hell sometimes, man. Just hell. Look at you doing the segue for us. That was so yeah, we're that was seamless. Listen, he's segue better than Kyle ever has. <laughs> well, first of all, he's engaged and he's not like half asleep like Kyle was last week. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jordan, you want to get the get it going on the cesspool that is yeah. Twitter? Like, I mean, it's great that you brought that up seriously because I mean, Fitz, you know, you're involved with Rangers Twitter, you NBA Twitter. I mean, the, you chime in on the Mets occasionally, and obviously, you know, I see you slander Jim Beheim <laughs> all the time. You and Paulie are the only ones that – I follow very few Syracuse fans. Only – every time the college basketball season, it's you and Paulie just slandering the hell out of Beheim. Dude, I, I swear to God, when, when I was there – so, like, I, I'm a Q's grad. So, like, uh, I, I was there – so, my I my freshman year, I went to Towson in Baltimore, and then I transferred to Q's. So, my, my freshman year – was the year they banned themselves from the tournament because of the oh, sanctions. My uh, my second year there, which is my junior year, they made the final four. And then my senior year, they didn't make the tournament. So, like, literally got all of it, all, all it in. And I, I was, like, ostracized when I used to be, like, me and one of my buddies there were the only two people who were, like, yo, like, fuck Jim Beheim. Like, why do people <laughs> love this guy so much? Like, he's been here for half a century and he has one national championship because Melo was on the team. Like yeah. he's like God. He really is. Like it's it's crazy. I've never and seen anything like that. Don't get me like wrong. It. Like I I used to be in that mindset. I live. I mean, you went to Q, so I don't know if you heard of Utica, but that's where I am. Oh so yeah, I'm thirty yep. minutes away. Twenty five if you drive a little fast, but whatever. Um, so only me. Everybody else. Like if I even locally, if I even say a bad word, I it, you would have thought I you know, spoken tongues or something, um, <laughs> the way people look at me. But one of my buddies, um, he is also a Q's fan. He feels the same way as we do. But it's just it's it, over time, like, yes, okay, it was the allure of Jim Beheim. But I think when he lost the wins, they did the self-ban, that's when I started getting irritated because I'm like, okay, he's got all these wins, he has one title, and everybody's like, oh, but he makes the Final Four. He can't recruit. No. He can't oh, my get, God. If he gets a five-star guy to commit – um, excuse they, me. Didn't he not recruit his sons for the team? Is that <laughs> one of them? One of them, and the other one had transferred from uh, from uh, Cornell. Yeah. So now, now we yes, got three yes. times. My hope is that when they're done playing, now that they played for him, it's when he walks away. I'm terrified at who they're going to get replace them. I love McNamara. Nostalgia. I don't know the coach that they should have hired is Mike Hopkins. Mike Hopkins, gone. man. Oh, he dude. was the recruiter. He was he the was one. The, he was the one. CJ Fair, um, Dante Green, 
Um, all of them. Deion all, Waiters, yeah. all those guys. All of them. So I don't know if the allure of that is gone. So I don't want to get too far into Q's talk. I can we can turn this into a Syracuse basketball yeah. podcast. I got, yeah. I got one, Mike, one Mike Hoppin story. So like a, a friend, uh, someone I knew was, was a, a manager on the basketball team when I was there. And it was right. It was at like around the time that they, they named Hopkins the coach in waiting, you know, like the whole weird ass three year transition period. And he was like, my bo- my boy was like, yo, like this guy's awesome, awesome. Like everyone loves him. All dudes yep. love him. He's the best recruiter. And then when I saw that they brought in the new AD, the AD who's there now, Wildhead. I, I, yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is bad because this guy's like, you know, orange through and through. I know Beheim doesn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I know Beheim doesn't want to leave. So like, I saw that, and then they made the final four. I'm like, yeah, yeah this guy's never yep. leaving. Like he's he's here for life. Yeah, so the only hope now is is when his boys are done, he's done too. So, but let's get back on track to the to the cesspool that is sports Twitter. Yes. How I remember when I don't know how long you've had your account. Um, I've Jordan has been a follower of mine since I feel like since I've had mine since '09. I how has it morphed into just disgusting bad takes? And I like analytics, but bad analytics oh. and 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 all <laughs> all that it is. Uh, how do you how do you handle how do you handle it so well too? Fish? Yeah, you, seem to, you don't like I, one of my favorite things. I forget who says it is. You never be the main character on Twitter. Never, 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 never. Are you that you're cooked? How do you handle it so well? Because I you tweet something and I can already see in like five minutes you have five replies, six quote tweet. Like how do you handle it so well? Yeah, f- for me it's like. I, I I always say like this. A couple of people used to tell me this, but like way back when, like I've I've been on Twitter since I was a sophomore in high school, so 2010. So it's been it's been a while, and like the the transition over it, like it started out like how Facebook and like AIM were. To be honest with you, like you use I used Twitter in high school to like talk shit to my friends who were sitting two feet away from me in class. You know what I mean? Or like talk trash to people I was playing in sports games that week or some shit like that. Um, and then as it evolved, like I, and I started trying to, you know, do this for a living social media stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing I've realized is just like, you just don't have to have an opinion on everything. You know what I mean? It's like, okay to sit some things out. Like if you're <laughs> like, you don't have to say like, not every single trending topic, you have to fire off a, a nine tweet thread about it. You know, like just sometimes scrolling, that's what yeah, I said. exactly. Like, like some, there's obviously like everyone we've all had. Yeah. and said stupid shit and like done d- dumb things on Twitter and said stupid things. Like I, I, I've, I've been roasted before, but like for the most part, it's just like, you know what, man? Like, it's not that serious. You know, at the end of the day, it's just sports. Like everyone, everyone's just here to, I, I like I, to me when Twitter's at its best is like, I don't know, like get game six of the NBA finals. Right. Like we're all just in awe tweeting like, okay, like we're watching like a historical great performance or like, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like off the top of my head, like Jalen Suggs' shot in the in the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? Like that's to me is when Twitter's great, when like everyone's joking around, talking yeah. about the game. It's like awesome. It's it's generally like a community feeling. But then like, you know, you Jordan, you mentioned the analytics stuff. Like to, to to me, analytics talk on Twitter has like ruined discourse around sports, man. Like so much, man. It's like genuinely, I, I get it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not an analytics hater by any means. I'm not like, you know, Neither am I, yeah. I'm not like throw them in the garbage. I test rules, baby. Like hashtag I test, but like, that's, that's <laughs> not how I feel. But <laughs> right. at the same point, it's like, okay, I, I could say, you know, I, I don't think, uh, whatever. I didn't, I didn't think the jets trading up for, for AVT was like a bad move or whatever. And oh then you get, God. you get like four <laughs> Four player value draft pick charts thrown in your face, and it's just like you get like a three page article on why it was a bad trade, right? Like, and if any other team did it, yeah, you wouldn't. It it would be praised. We know that, right? Exactly, exactly. Like the the Patriots to die. Like the the Patriots did it. Belichick's a genius. Hundred percent. Coming, yeah. And like the like the Patriots in in free agency this year, right? Like they spent oh more money than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And normally, players, yeah, exactly. And normally, a team would be getting destroyed if they did that. Like you don't build your team through free agency. You don't, you know, you're just overpaying guys, like whatever. But you know, because it was Bill Belichick, crickets. So like, I to to me, like I I always say this, I don't have a problem 
with analytics, I have a problem with analytics people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fair, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, that's 100% true. Yep. Because, because, like, you know, I, I'm all for being able to, like, constructively disagree with each other and, like, be like, hey, you know, like, I get it. You, we have different views. You use one way to evaluate something. I used another. That's fine. Like, I really truly do not hate that. But uh, when it's just, like, you know, well, what you disagree with science and math. And I'm like, yo, it's, it's not a calculus test. It's fucking sports, man. Like, <laughs> like if, if, if it was so easy as a, a mathematic equation, anyone could do it. And like, again, I, I really like don't want to disparage because like a lot of people I follow for hockey, for yeah. football, for baseball, for, for basketball too. Like, like they're big in analytics and they do great work. And like, I learn shit when I, when I do that, but it's just like, sometimes it just goes too far and, and it, you know, it just gets me annoyed because like that, that's like, it, it's very hard for me when, when like an analytics person gets something wrong and they refuse to admit yeah. that they're wrong. Because like, it's their end all be all. Like, exactly. It's hey, absolutely right. Because I have the numbers right here. Exactly. Like, Oh, it was just a, like, he's going to regress next year or whatever. And you know, yeah. like, it's like, okay, you could just admit you're wrong. Like we all are <laughs> yeah. like, we're exactly. all wrong all the time. I said, Robert Griffin, the third was going to be the best quarterback of all yeah, time when I was a freshman in high school in college. Man. Like so, my, so too. my roommates to this day still shit on me for it. And it's like, yeah, you know, what's, what are you going to do? It happens. So I, like, I still regret not going back and tweeting my Christian Hackenberg tweets. So, <laughs> I mean, so, but like for me, like I don't know. Baseball analytics. I got rather quickly. Same for football. Hockey took me forever. Sometimes I still don't understand confused. hockey. Yeah. I still I'm don't still get confused it. By hockey analytics. So, so whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, let's, I, I want one more question before. Yeah. I, yeah. Out of all the the because you're like I said before, you're part of like NBA Twitter, Rangers Twitter, yeah, Jets, Mets. Which one is your least favorite? Oh, this is a good question. Least favorite? Wow. Um, I would say just hockey Twitter in general has become my my least favorite. NBA Twitter has its like horrible moments, you know, like where you know. But at least it's like they've got that that. When they're at their peak and it's like it's amazing, ridiculous. Yeah, hockey. It's have amazing. That. Yeah, exactly. Have that. I figured you say hockey just because I always see it when people are like, "Hockey is oh, you hockey tough and uh, you know, the please like my sport." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. please like my sport guys are the worst kind of people, and you always get it, and I always crack up because it's so true. It's like hockey is a great sport. Love hockey. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't play it for my life, but love watching it. But yeah, like it, it has it has its issues. It, it oh yeah growing as it's where they got you know but it, it's like all these like older people it seems like and i always see them in your mentions oh you don't understand like this this and this and it's like man like no like it, it, there there are issues that there need to be there but you know it, it's, it's a fun sport but you know well, the, are- my, my personal favorite is the hat so like I, I forgot who told someone said this to me so far it was this was like when i was first getting into this stuff like they said nobody gets more pissed off when no one talks about their sport than hockey fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they oh, also, yeah. no one gets more pissed off when someone who talks about their sport that might not know as much uh, than hockey fans. Like when Stephen A. Smith did his like, uh, oh, his so good. Maple Leafs, so like hysterical, so, so funny. Good. And people were like in the mentions, like complaining, like, oh, he doesn't know what he's, he's talking like, about. Who, yeah. who cares? Who cares? He said it in the beginning of the video. The only thing I know about hockey is that the, the puck is black. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, where? Like, I respect that. Like, hell yeah, yeah. let's do it. Like, I, it, that, that stuff just annoys me. It's like, you know, nobody, they take their sport too seriously. Way yeah. too serious. And that's that's why it's it hasn't grown. And that's yeah. why it won't grow unless that shit changes. Yeah. So let's, since we're talking about hockey. We'll hold off on the Mets to the last topic. We'll get into the Rangers. Um, I don't know how I feel. Um, this whole they need grit thing. I saw it coming from a mile away. I, I felt like they were trading for Reeves right after that hit in the playoffs. I knew he was going to be a Ranger. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, oh, it's yeah. just like I, I get what they're trying to do. Um, the Eichel stuff is still here. Today there's talking about having to move Mika for him, which I don't believe. No, not not things, for a second. <laughs> no, it, it's one of those things where it's like you've got the Mets over here not making enough moves because everybody gets along, and then I have the Rangers over here. We're like, no, 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 everybody gets along. I want them to stay together. So like, it, it's that weird thing. I just I don't know what they're doing. As of today, they are not better than they were at the end of the year. Trading Buchnevitz away for a two is mind-blowing I, I just i don't know what they're doing 
And I feel like it has something to do with analytics, so I'm super confused. Because I look at it from a player standpoint, they're not better. So what do you got to say? So you're 100%. I don't think they're a better team right now than they were at the end of last year. I mean, they they traded their second best forward for nothing. It was basically like they straight up just didn't want to pay him. Like, yeah. Yeah, there was a report from from ESPN where it was like uh, if they didn't find a trade partner, they weren't even going to qualify him. They were just going to literally just let him walk, which is like baffling, absolutely baffling. Like, and that that, that stuff. Like, I, again, I I don't, you know, I played hockey all my life. Like, I get the great stuff. I truly do. Like, you do need that element. You do need to be able to bang. Like, watching the playoffs. I mean, the yeah. Rangers would have gotten slaughtered if they were in the playoffs. Like, they just they just don't have, you know, they don't have the depth role guys they did or they didn't i should say and now they do like barkley goodrow yeah they gave him too many years but whatever he's a good player he's good third fourth line guy you know all the guys they brought in for death pieces i've liked you know it's just like you didn't need to trade a third round pick for ryan reeves you know like i get that third round picks aren't hits but like they traded the second and the third round pick for adam fox you know like yeah. that was the whole that was the whole point of like the whole you that was know, a good value Exactly, like the three and a half years of tearing it down and just stockpiling prospects and picks was like to pounce on these situations. And, and it leads right into Eichel. Like they have so much stuff. They have young players. They have picks. They have NHL-established young players. So like, you know, if, if the move, if, if the plan isn't to go get Jack Eichel, then I'm just like so confused as to what the plan is. Because like you said, today, as of today, they're not a better team than they were last year, in my opinion. So like I, I guess if if you know if you're baking in like one of Lafreniere or Kako takes like a nice leap, which I think Lafreniere will because he he really came out towards the end of the year. Um, then I see it, like I get it at the same time. But you know they still don't have a second line center. Uh, Ryan Ryan Strom, they've been, literally been trying to trade him since they acquired him like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. they, I feel I actually feel like genuinely bad for Ryan Strom because like they used to ask ask Jeff Gordon like. Hey, did you get any offers for Strom? He's like, yeah, we just didn't like him, so we're yeah. just gonna keep him here for another year and try <laughs> to train him again. I like him though; he's a, he's a solid player, does his job well, scores. I mean, he's not gonna he's not he's not gonna score 30, 35 goals, but you need players like that on your team, and so I don't understand trying to get rid of him. And then they gotta have the grit stuff. It's just, I feel like the letter that came out three years ago, and they let us know that they were gonna rebuild, and they were on the right track. And then all of a sudden, Dolan got ants in his pants because he thinks they underachieved when in reality, I didn't think they were making the playoffs this year. No. Last year was no. a last year was a fluke because of the way the rules were. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were a playoff team this year. I thought they were a year away anyway. So it, it just made no sense to to, to any of us. It just, it just seems like Sather was in his ear. And I yes, exactly. Like, and because him. that's what we're seeing. Sather and him were buddies. Like that that's why he's been around the organization and say they were just in his ear saying this stuff. Hey, they're, they should be closer. They sh- you know, this is, oh, yeah. be, you know, they should be in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And he was in his ear. Yeah. And he listens to everything. Say they're set. Because he knows he's nothing. He knows right. nothing. And he feels like somebody who, let's be real. Say has been good at times years ago, but he, to, to Dolan, he's the smartest hockey person yeah. he knows. Because he never gave a shit about the about yeah, the yeah. He's always say there knows everything, say there knows what he's yeah. doing, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you brought Gorton in and Davidson in, and it was like, oh, you know, they got a nice, you know, front office right there. And then all of a sudden, they just go, they just, they're fine. Like, I, I don't understand. And it, the whole thing was they're not making the playoffs, the team doesn't look ready. Isn't it more on the coach who eventually got fired than it is on Gorton and Davidson who, you know, helped you build that farm system, build those prospects, or uh, build those uh, draft picks and, you know, and sign like these guys. And they had one of the youngest teams in hockey. Like you can't expect them to be a Stanley Cup contender this year. They weren't, they weren't on the Islanders level. level. No, and, no, and not at all. Not at all. I hate, I hate saying that, but it's. Yeah, it's just it's true. Bad. It's just yeah. true. I mean, like the thing is too, like, like this year was just different with the COVID stuff. I yeah. mean, like they, they were in the toughest of, if they were in any other division, they were in the playoffs. Exactly. So like that's what I, that's what really annoys me. Like, you know, there were so many other factors. Like yeah. you only played set, you only played seven teams in the regular season and you played them eight times. Exactly. So like you didn't make the playoffs in the division of death, essentially. Oh my God. You, just, it, there were, yeah. They had no chance, and they no. still were almost 
Listen, they were like five had, points out. Yeah. You had the COVID. You had the COVID situation. The players getting COVID. Panarin was about to get axed by um, what's his face, Putin. Putin yeah, like we almost yeah. What he missed? He missed what? Two or three weeks? Two weeks, like yeah, two and a half two weeks. weeks because of it. And those point, Mika's whole Mika's whole beginning of the season was kind of washed away because of the whole COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, he was a shell of himself exactly. in the beginning and, of the season. And he never said anything until like later on. Like yeah, like COVID kind of you know messed me up a little bit. And Nick. He, I mean, he looked like a completely different player. Oh, so yeah. him a fresh Mika in those uh, few weeks that he was not well. Plus, you, Putin doesn't no, you don't lose best two player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you have a playoff team. That That's a team. Like, And they just fell off at the end because they were just they just ran out of steam, it seemed like. But the, I do agree with you what you said, forfeits. I think they got a steamroll in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. But, you know, that it, they were taking steps. They were close. And then you bring in Gallant. Who's you know I, I think he's a very good coach. You know you took your chance with, and I don't like. I get people didn't like David Quinn. I understand that, but you know you have to take a shot with younger guys. Yeah, you have to. Like you can't just have the the retread over and over again. Like you just and you, I mean you took a shot. You took a shot. And, it wasn't and with Quinn, his familiarity with Eichel, if that isn't your plan, so now it's just. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, if they trade for him, he's going to play for who's here. Yeah. But it's just, there's that familiarity, and what? you wanted this young coach who developed young players at an elite university. It just – I feel like – If, if they're all still here, Jack Eichel's a Ranger already. JD oh, yeah. Ford, they're, yeah. they're, they're, oh, yeah. He, he would have been a Ranger before the draft, in my yeah. opinion. Because, like, they they knew the pressure was on to, to take a step next year, but, yeah. like, they probably all thought, like, hey, this year was just crazy. It was just a ton of shit happened. I mean, yeah. like, they it was just a wild year, man, and they and they – weren't good it enough. Like Dolan, it seemed like Dolan panicked, and, and I think it, a lot of it had to do with say there. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. Other, do you think – here's a question that just popped into my head. Do you think the Knicks finally being decent and making that playoff push made Dolan panic and worry about the Rangers? 100%. 100%. He, he never wants his teams to miss the playoffs, ever. And the reason that he always left the Rangers alone was just because, like you guys were saying before, like, you know, Sather's his guy. He says Sather has a job until he no longer wants it. You know, if Sather tells him something, he's going to listen to it. So, like, you know, clearly Glenn Sather said to him, like, hey, like, this team should probably be better than it is. And he was like, okay, we're, we're just going to clean house. So You're putting a lot of pressure on Chris Jury, who, you know, he said he's – they said, hey, he's ready. He's go, But you know what, man? Like, you just told us this year – that they need to make the playoffs. So I'm hoping the same mandate is for Chris Jury. Hey, you better make the playoffs this yeah. year or your ass is on the hot seat, which it shouldn't be, but this is the hand he was dealt. And the same thing with um with Gallant now. You basically yeah. came in, you better make the playoffs this year or else, you know, you're going to be in hot water. And then you go and turn around and get rid of who I, I think Booch and Gallant were a match made in heaven. Yes. I agree. 100%. You could, I mean, he could have been, he, uh, I think he's going to be great in St. Louis. I think he would have been so good here. I because you can just see because I know Fitz, you were not the biggest fan of his in the no, beginning. You did not, not at all. Yeah, I rem- I remember you. Oh, you were riding him. Hard. Oh yeah. You every single time, which it was justifiable because he was not putting up the points that we expected. Because we saw all the videos in, in Russia when he was playing over there. This kid's gonna be a star. This kid's gonna be this. Gonna be that. And he never did it until this year or the past two years, but mainly this year where. Man, this guy took the next step, and then you want to get rid of him when you're getting a coach that is going to push the the pace on offense. I it just doesn't make sense to me. It's frustrating, and yeah, like you said before, if they don't get Eichel, what are you going to go turn around and get Tarasenko? Like, what's your what's your Kuznetsov? Like, do you really want to do with Kuznetsov, who's been headache this whole time? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, like, what's your what's your plan here? Like, you better get Eichel. Like, there's a lot of pressure on the Sabers to trade him. But you can argue there's more pressure on the Rangers if they lose out to him, like to a team like the the Wild or the Key, like I don't know what another team. Man, your Dolan looks bad, Drury looks bad, the team just looks bad because you, now you said you you have a big hole right there. That where are you going to fix it? Now you have to make a panic move and turn around and probably give up more because you need to fill that hole that Eichel was supposed to fill for you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's. Eichel or bust at this point. Like if they don't get him, I truly yeah. don't know what the plan is. Like I don't know who back who Plan B is. You know. So, but so let's just say, just say they they agree on a trade for Eichel. What is your ideal 
package for for Eichel that's re that's reasonable that you think would would get it done? So I would say one of Heedle or Strom, um, one of those young defensemen. So like uh, Lundqvist, Schneider, Matt Jones, Zach Jones, whatever, or uh, Matt Robertson, Zach Jones, whoever. Um, if they want a goalie, take Georgiev, have him great. If they if they want three, two first round picks, three first round picks, put them in. Like I, I think that's. They're not going to do much better than that at this point. The Sabers, like they, they already blew it by. Not, I mean, not trading him at the draft. You know, you lose, you lose out on those picks basically. So, like a team offering a top ten pick, even though it was like a weaker, weaker draft from what everyone says. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the 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 teams and the cap space have just dried up, and like this league is broke to begin with, and and, <laughs> and now no one has money because they spend it all on free agency. So it's like. Yeah. You know, the options are – there's, like, two options. It's basically the Rangers and it's Vegas right now. Yeah. They've been clearing space trying to to do something because, like, they're – you know, they're they're just they, – they they built their team great because they – They, they, always, have, they always have money, it yeah. seems like. They always have money. It seems like, oh, Vegas signs another guy for a six-year contract. I'm like they – They're a destination. They're a destination yeah. now because there's no yeah. state income tax there and and apparently the suburbs are really nice and, and yeah. it's just uh, – it's warm. Vegas. You know, hockey Vegas. players love – yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> well, see, for me, I don't – in hockey, and I don't know how many people think like this, but to me, if you're not picking in the top four in the draft, first-round picks are irrelevant. So yeah. they, if They're they, a crapshoot. They're an absolute the, crapshoot. The Rangers are expecting to be this type of club, so I don't care what, what first-round picks you're including. Give them 100%. three, whatever. Because if you're going to be the team that you expect once you acquire Eichel, then you're going to be picking in the back half of the draft anyways. So Absolutely. So – I have one more question, and then we can we can move on to the Mets unless Paulie has something else. No, no, no. You go ahead. Good. Um, if they get Eichel, how much better is this team? Oh, so they, I, oh my God, dude! Uh, I don't think people understand how good Jack Eichel is. A healthy Jack Eichel, he is he is that dude, man. He is so good. Yeah. You know, like me, I worked for NHL.com for a couple of years, so I got to watch you know obscure teams play all the time, and like I got to watch a bunch of Sabres games because like. They're not on TV a lot, you know. They're, you know, I I, saw, I used to see them uh, on like MSG when I was up at Cuse, but like yeah, Michael yeah. was still pretty, you know, first second year player. But like, still, he's he's a star, man, and like he, he you would tell he's dying for like a the bright lights in a place where like he can go and actually showcase, like, hey, like I'm one of the best players in this league. Like, yeah, put some respect on my name because like I'm so, I, I've been playing in this trash city with trash players for six years now like i haven't even sniffed the playoffs because every move they make blows up in their face they hired a soccer coach to run the team two years ago like it, it's just it, it, I, he is he is he is the missing piece in my opinion like they're one center away and he is that one where do you so where does that put them in the east does it put them up with the islanders and yes them? oh so? yeah yeah they they are a easy playoff team in my opinion like if 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 one of Kako or Kako already took a leap, yeah. he was great last year. But if, if Lafreniere continues to build on the way he was at the end of the year, Adam Fox, I mean, he he just won the Norris. Like, <laughs> uh, like what? Yeah. He's he's unbelievable. Keandre Miller hit a little bit of a rookie wall, but I mean, how you couldn't ask for anything more from a rookie? Literally, just come. He made the all rookie team, no? Yeah, and he just started playing defense like three or four years ago. So like he's just the sky's the limit for him too. I mean, they're they're a good team and they're they're right on the cusp, man. They're they're just missing that one piece. And the thing with Eichel is to me, you know, the neck injury is obviously scary. Anything like that's scary, but like, you know, again, he's twenty four. You know, he's 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 young. So like, you know, I don't I don't people think that some I saw someone say like this is a career threatening injury. I'm just like Yo, that that is not true. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. that is that is not true. Like I understand that that a herniated disc is like a problem, but like again, it's 2021, not yeah. 1950. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he, he's not going to not play again because of this. They he was just skating the other day. Yeah, yeah. and Laugh and Kako are untouchable. I don't care yes. what anybody says. Oh yeah, like, they're not getting keep, them. They're not moving. So, but let's transition to the Mets uh, because oh, they their season. May have ended in August instead of June. I said that yesterday or whatever. Um, you know, Jordan is a fan of Rojas. I am not. You've got Pete Alonso, who I love, 
but you can't you can't tell Mets fans to believe in you when we've been hurt so much and you've given us nothing. Like I, I yesterday's game, I happened to be recovering from the night out, so I was like, I'm gonna stay in. I've got some stuff to do around the house. I didn't sit. I literally sat down to watch Brandon Nimmo get two hits in the first <laughs> inning and in the ninth inning. Yeah. Okay. And then Rojas says, you know, um, the fans should be supporting guys at this point. Nothing more than positive support will help the players play. Oh, really? We've been positively supporting you for the hundred plus days that you were in first place. August came. And then it fell apart. Sudden, <laughs> the, the season's over. We're in third place after being in first place on Friday. I just don't understand what they want from the fan base who has been so hungry. We thought we were going in the right direction. Everybody's been hurt. They stayed afloat. Lindor goes down. I think that the the news that DeGrom had that setback sucked the life out of the franchise. And I love Javi Baez, but they needed more than him. Now he's yeah. hurt. I didn't even see what happened to him other than it was his hip. I saw nothing today. What's going on? Like, what, what, are, we, what are we supposed to do? We know, is the, the season is over, in my opinion. And I don't even care that there's 51 games left. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Fitz. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the the I saw someone on Twitter say, like, that series against the Phillies was, like, so reminiscent of the Mets against the Nationals in 2015. Yeah. That, that series, they swept them. The Sunday night baseball game, I'm pretty sure, where – they hit like back to back to back home run or like three home runs in the first inning. Yeah. And like that was the that was it. Like that they, you know, the the Nats were dead and the Mets just took off. And I, I have a very, very horrible feeling in my stomach that it's just flip-flop this time with the Phillies. But you know, I, I personally I like Rojas because I think he has a very good connection with the homegrown players that have come through. Um, like, you know, for for those who you know follow me on Twitter, like I used to work for SNY. So like I used to watch all the press conferences and have to like cut them for for you know for socials. Um, and like I remember you know I was working the first day of spring training last year when it was you know after they had fired Beltron and they brought in Rojas. And I just I just vividly remember um, like the reporters asking guys like Degrom, like Conforto, Alonzo, Nimmo, uh, McNeil, like the homegrown guys, what they thought about Louis, and like they they just like lit up when they talked about him, you know. And while I understand that, you know, like the the Saturday game was it where he sat all the lefties, like that was a very questionable decision. Like I, I think like a lot of times on Twitter it gets lost. Like you can criticize the manager and not want him fired. Yeah, you can criticize the coach, not want him fired. Exactly. Exactly. Like hundred percent. So like I, I think like you know that was a bad move. He's had some bad bullpen choice. Like you could do that with every manager though. Like question their bullpen choices for sure. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, man, it's like no. For those of you that no. can't see this, Jordan is just sitting here and shrugging, right. and laughing at me because it's like I've been saying. But it's not just—it's not just Paul. No, like, I know. It's, no, it's a hundred percent. Jordan, you can admit though, like I'm more level-headed than a lot. Like I—I I don't think he's a, the best manager, and this kumbaya shit is starting to really annoy me. Yeah, it that's that, everybody. I, I that, get yeah, it. that's a problem. That 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 started with the that first report before the trade deadline where they were like. Oh, worried about trading players for the chemistry. Yeah. yeah, good vibes and no runs. That's what they are. <laughs> exactly. Like, that was bad. That, I, that That's just bullshit. Yeah. So, going back to Rojas, like Fitz said, and I was going to bring that up, these guys love him. These guys and I get him, and I, understand, and I understand that. And like he said, every manager in the history of baseball has made bad moves. And let's not forget, Rojas took over for a team that just fired their coach out of nowhere because of a, a scandal was in a COVID-shortened season. I gave him a pass for last season. Last season, I did not judge him, and I said he should have been. The team was just dog shit last year, too. Yeah, well, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's not – I'm not just speaking to you, Paul. I'm speaking to all Mets fans in in general because it gets on my nerves, too. And I sit there, and, you know, I don't have time to argue with people anymore. I got a headache because I'm just – I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing it. It's so stupid. You cannot think – you can think he's not a good manager. It's fine. Give me a reason why. Give me a reason why. People make bad bullpen moves. I can sit here and go on for days about bad bullpen moves in one day. The coaches make them all the time. It happens, but you uh, it's a move that you can say is a bad move, but then it turns out it's wor- it works. So was it really a bad move? Because you said it was. doesn't really mean it was because it worked out. Exactly. The lineup, the lineup stuff, 
who knows who's actually putting out the lineup. It's easy to blame the manager, but hey, that can come from that's like the Yankees thing, thing, you know, like where I agree with that point. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. Like the front offices have so much say in this shit nowadays. Especially nowadays, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Here's Um, a question I have, and I'll let you continue your point, but I I just do you think the fact that all of the players are comfortable with him because they came up with him. And he seems like, yeah, okay, there's been times like the one time he flipped out on the umpire. And, yeah, he's given the umpire. But, like, he's too nice. They all um, know him. I don't they think said they had a players-only meeting, and it got worse. Yeah. Well, so, Paulie, well not, where, excuse me. He was in the meeting, too. But, well, but Paulie, look where you are. You're in New York. If he goes, yeah, we had a meeting, and they, I was throwing chairs in there, and I was doing this, and I was doing that, how is that going to look? Yeah, the Mets beat writers are also just like – they're like oh. chomping at the bit for like to write a story that's like right. that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the other thing too. The, the yeah. thing I the, per, – personally, like just, just again, like I, I – he is like low-key, low like um, not afraid to make like a tough choice in my opinion. Yeah. Like I always think about last year when he started sitting Cano and like started taking him out of the game late in games for defensive replacements and like – you know, rookie manager, a veteran, if if he didn't get popped for second PEDs, debatable Hall of Famer, like, you know what I mean? Uh, that's that's not tough. That's a tough thing to do. And, like, you know, he did it. So, like, I, I you know, I, I think here's a different side of Rojas than what we see in the press conferences. Like, he's not the best spoken guy. Like, he's gotten better in press you know conferences what? that year. I'm going to be honest. That's what I was – the next thing I was going to bring up was – Anytime he's asked a question by a reporter, he uh, his answers are thorough and like if yes. they have a yeah oh absolutely him, he explains it he explains his moves yeah. all the time and that's what you have to do like I mean we had Mickey Callaway here or oh, it was it was all like the same watered down yeah I could not see response it. answers and that gets annoying that gets really annoying he comes in and says hey this this is why I said something you may not agree with it but. There's reasoning for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. 100% agree with that. Like, I, you know, a lot of Mets fans, Mets fans despise him. But Andy Martino said this last year about Luis Rojas, and I give him credit for that because he was like, I think it was like, I can't see any of his tweets anymore. um, (laughs) Like, one of of like the first press conferences, you know, again, I was listening in for work, and and Andy asked him like a, a really like thoughtful question about like, you know, I think it was like shift related or something like that. And Rojas went on like a four and a half minute, like five minute, just like monologue talking about all the things that go into the shifts and like why you position certain players there or why you move someone when it's a two strike count versus a one strike count. And I was listening in and I'm just like, damn, man, that was a fucking great answer. Like that was really good. But Fitz, you're an intelligent sports fan. There are very few intelligent sports fans out here. Yeah, oh my they, god, Jesus Christ, they're so stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you saw you listened to that and you were like, wow, that's a great answer. A, another another person he's most very baseball fans, smart. He is very yeah. baseball smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yes, absolutely. I listen, and the, the whole kumbaya thing, this is my take on it, and many people don't agree with it. Again, this comes back to the New York media. Are you gonna sit there and be like, we fucking suck, we this, blah blah blah? Like it's just gonna look bad. They and want Billy Martin, but they but then they they want Billy Martin so they could go at it with Billy Martin. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. They they want that's why everybody and every Mets fan wants freaking Wally back from the coach. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's just that's like that, that most right, yeah. ridiculous <laughs> thing ever. That's I saw someone saying they want Terry Collins back. I was like, oh listen, I God. have no, I have nothing but love and respect for Terry Collins. They to me, he's he's the baseball version of Brett Brown. We're like wow, that's a great comparison. Yeah, it yeah. is. They, like they went through the the hell. They went to hell, literally to hell. Like those those early 2010 Met teams, they were they were like the process Sixers. Like they yeah. were terrible. So they basically said like, all right, you did everything you asked. You were a good soldier. We're gonna let you see it through, basically. And like obviously, Terry Collins had a lot more success than than Brett Brown did, but like. You know, Terry Collins had his issues too. He was very yeah. ride the ride the hot hand. You know, Eric Campbell in the lineup all the oh, time. God. Like, but like again, Conforto. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, the thing with the Mets is like at at some point, like the the you can't blame the manager because the players can't hit a high a ninety three mile per hour high fastball anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And that's my other point is you want to sit there and complain about the lineup. 
I don't care if Kevin Pillar's in there or Michael Conforto. Neither of them are hitting fastballs. No one can hit. No No one can hit. Nobody can hit. What what does it matter what the lineup is? You want to sit there and complain about it when nobody's hitting the baseball. It doesn't matter. Me, you, and Paulie can all be in the lineup tomorrow. None of us are hitting. doesn't matter. The thing all year, too, with them was, like, even when – like, the lineup has never clicked together outside of, what, maybe that week-and-a-half stretch when they played the Reds and, like, the beginning of the Pirates series, I guess. They scored some runs, but they still lost two or three. But, like – you know, even when the lineup was struggling, they had like two or three guys who were going at yeah. all points, you know? So like now you, don't. now you have no one like Pete when the, after the all-star break was literally carrying them. Yeah. Pete, and, Pete and Dom honestly were like carrying them, you know, before that Nimmo was on fire before the all-star break. Uh, I, I, VR, remember VR yeah. during yeah. that like two week stretch. Like, mm-hmm. so like right now, they don't even have one guy going. Like, like it, it's 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 tough to watch. It, honestly, it is. you know who they needed to get at the deadline, and you you can't really blame them because the Rockies just didn't want to trade Trevor Story. But Trevor yeah. Story was the perfect piece. Perfect. There. You could have had Baez and Story in there. You could have Baez at shortstop while Lindor returned. You could have played Story at third base or wherever you want. Because JD Davis is not the answer at third base anymore. I'm sorry. I know people love him. He's not the yeah, answer at third not. base anymore. No, not and, at all. And also, it coming out like a couple days later after the trade deadline. Oh, by the way, G. Davis has like a torn ligament in his finger. He's, he's gonna, gonna fight through. through. Yeah, he's just gonna fight through. Like what? Uh, that's a that's a front office thing. That's a Sandy Alderson thing to me. Yeah. Like, like again, nothing well, but same thing with Degrom. Like, yeah, yeah, they like, knew. They don't go, they they don't go get a pitcher. They knew that they were gonna announce that he was gonna miss another month or so, and they didn't get a pitcher. Yeah, and like, what what else could you possibly ask from the pitching staff right now? Like, 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 like they're like Taiwan Walker yesterday gave up the two home runs, and then he was great until the the Harper home run. But like, you don't win. It's like it's like the people who used to shit on Henrik Lundqvist when they would lose one nothing. It's like, yo, you can't win a game scoring zero goals. You can't win a game scoring zero runs. You can't, you know, the Jets. You can't win a game scoring three points. Like, like at some point, your pitching, your defense, your goal, they can only do so much. Like they, their job is to keep you in the game as long as possible, and that's and they what they've done. They can't, they can't throw shutout baseball. Yeah, think about day. how much pressure. Think about how much pressure is on the pitchers right now. Like with the, the offense, they're like, okay, I have to literally not give up a run for as long as I can because yeah. if we go down one nothing, it's it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, that's. I I still have faith in them. I'm not as pessimistic as you know. It's frustrating to watch the offense because there is no offense. But I just think when Lindor comes back, and this goes out to all the people who said Lindor, yeah, contract. I saw, I saw your tweets about that. That was, that was you're 100 right about that. Right, like you all sit there and get on Lindor, and I get it. He hasn't had the best season, but it's so they they pay him for his production on the field, but it's his leadership. I was just about yeah, he is elite. He just, like he was, he's just a leader. Turning it around like it was. I know going, it was, was coming. Going. You yeah. saw it. You and, saw it in that yep. Pittsburgh series. Yep, and yep. then and then he gets hurt. So. Yeah. And, like, one thing that Rojas said that I thought was, like, mad, mad interesting was when I think it was Diaz blew that first save after Lindor got hurt, the Pittsburgh, the Grand Slam. And Louis was like, yeah, like, Edwin missed Lindor out there tonight because he would go, he would be the one to go to the mound and, like, calm him down after a walk or, like, a single. Which people got on Diaz for. And. Listen, first of all, then we start on Edwin Diaz because I'll, I'll rant for another half hour on that because many Mets fans are way too hard on him. But that's me. Um, Lugo gave up five runs in that game and didn't nobody. Yep, no one said, said a word. All on Diaz. But I digress. But that's the importance of Lindor, and I think that's what this team is missing. You're missing. He is the heart. He's only been here for not even a full season. He is the heart of this team. I love Alonzo. I you know I love McNeil, Conforto. This guy is the heart of this team. He he signed that contract. He became the heart of this team. You saw it when he was on the Indians when they made the playoffs. Everybody got on the doors back, and he was like, let me get you there. And that's what he did. You know, yeah, they came up short, but, you know, majority of that stuff was all Lindor because of his energy, his passion. It's just not there. Right 100%. Now. 100%. Oh, yeah, they, they look lifeless every day. Exactly. And, and, and it sucks. And when Bias, I mean, and, and you know what you're getting with Bias. You know you're getting a lot of strikeouts. But when Bias hit those two home runs, that injected life into the fan base, the team. I mean, what he did in that one Marlins game that they did win, the slide, the, yeah. the home run, 
talking shit to their dugout. Like, like the team is lifeless without Lindor and Baez provided it for the short little bit that he's here. Who knows how long he's out now. Um, and when you don't hear anything a day after you are kind of worried. Um, but yeah, no, they're lifeless and, and they, they miss their heart. Like Jordan said, the only um, other one right now to get him like going is like Stroman on the mound. Yeah. He's yeah. like the only one. Cause like you could tell he's like, oh, I, love him, man. I love I, 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 I him. Oh, I love so bad. Him. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I want him back. I want him. Yeah. Maybe the Kumbaya thing will be good for us in that aspect yeah. to get him to come yeah. back. But, yeah. um, I feel like since we've covered like everything, we probably should touch on the Jets a little bit. Oh man! Hold up, hold up before we do that, okay. I want Fitz. Do the Mets make the playoffs? Oh man! Um, I don't. So like the only way they make it is that they win the they win the division. Yeah. So like they're not getting the wild card. The, the, it's it's so cliche, but like this this next. 21 days is literally going to decide the season because they have the 13 against what the Dodgers and the Giants, right? Yep. And then they go right back to playing two div- division teams. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they, then they, it's Washington, and then it might be Atlanta. Yeah, and like, like I, if if you can go, if you could somehow just keep pace during this West Coast trip, and then you you have to take like if it's if it's seven games, you got to take five of seven. If it's six, you got to take four of six. Like you got to start making up ground again. But Would like, it be shocking for them to go out there and just have offense all of a sudden for that trip? And just the ball flying out of the park? The, the, yeah, just to get us excited for, for them to not play well against the division. Oh, uh, yeah. I, that's that's the worst part. Like, like everyone brings up the, the this 13-game stretch, but, like, they, they just lost six of seven to the Marlins and the Phillies. Like, yeah. you got to beat the teams in your division. And, and like, uh, if, if as of right now, no, I do not because – you don't know what Lindor. What he's still probably another week or two away. Who knows what's happening with Degrom? Like him, him being out is just like it's just devastating. It really just sucks. But you know, if, tomorrow night if they come out and score ten runs, maybe I'll be like, okay, like <laughs> someone woke him up. Like something happened, and and clear. Like I think the day off today was huge for them. I think they really yeah. all needed to just like clear their head for a day because you know they be, they they're not not to make excuses, but like they've had so many rain delays and and game suspended due to covid that like that's a ridiculous season exactly like they've just been playing like since the all-star break they pretty much played every day i think so like you know i think this was a good way to like take a break and rest but as of right now no i, I don't because because the phil i mean the phillies have like the look right now like they're you know they got the pitching uh, the bullpen obviously is their big thing <laughs> their bullpen is so bad can i say one, I say one thing about the Mets fans who always yell and scream how overrated Bryce Harper is. Oh man, he is so that good. man is so good. He's having a fantastic season. He's really carrying their offense right now. I mean, he's hitting the ball out of the park left and right. I love him. The I always have. I even when he was on the Nationals. But like, let let's stop that because you. I mean, Mets fans that that don't like him would kill for that player on this team. Yeah, they would. They would. They, they whether they want to admit it or not. Um, I also, Jordan, for the record, do not think they're going to make the playoffs. You I just, I'm going to be a homer. I, I think they do. I, 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 I do. This division stinks. The division stinks. You know, the Mets stink right now, but I, I know Philly's playing well. I that bullpen is just bad. They, Wheeler Wheeler has to pull a Degrom and basically carry that guy like Kyle Gibson. It's fine. Ranger Suarez is good, but we don't know like what he actually is. That, that Zach Wheeler's got to carry that team, and that bullpen has to step up. Yeah, you know they look good against the Mets, but you know a high school team could look good against the Mets the way they're swinging about right now. So I think the Mets. I think it comes down to the last week of the season, and I th- I think they do. And I don't care. I know you're biased. You're this. You're that. I, you know, I'm first of all, I'm an optimistic person. I, I am too. I, I saw this with this team. I, I saw it, they have. It, I think you're right, Fitz. I think it all depends on when Lindor gets back. But if he gets back and he's healthy, I think that they it carries them, and I think that they do make the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. I do. I just. I. It's not the Mets being good. It's the other teams being bad. I don't think Atlanta's that good. I know everybody's getting healthy. They don't have the pitching. Um, the Nationals, the Marlins, or whatever. Um, and I just don't don't trust the Phillies with their bullpen. So I'm gonna go yes. I know I'm a homer. Everybody's gonna say that it is what it is. 
I think they're making the playoffs. God, I hope you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll sneak in a little bit of Jets talk before we get into everybody's favorite segment of Big Bozo Energy. Um, We've been talking about them a little bit at the end of each show. Um, Obviously, they had the green and white scrimmage. Um, I watched nothing of it. I didn't care about it. Um, I saw the reactions afterwards. Well, let's just get Fitz's takes on what he thinks about the Jets this year because nobody watched the green. Nobody yeah. watched the green and white scrimmage. Well, I'm just year. gonna say I didn't pay attention, but yeah. I was getting to that. But yeah. thank you for cutting me off. You're welcome. Hey, Fitz, Fitz, tell us what you think about the Jets since Jordan won't let me. Do my <laughs> oh man. Uh, so like, I think they're gonna be better than people think right like i think the adam gay stench is like still all over the team in terms of like you know it the like writers and national coverage but like just the upgrade from him to sala i mean like it's you can't even put it into words um they have a little more the 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 defense is the defensive line is going to be awesome the front seven is going to be great the secondary is very much in question um and yeah, I, I like I like the skill position players they've got. Like Elijah Moore, every day you see another just like highlight. Uh, Michael Carter, Te- Tevin Coleman. You still got P Ryan. You still got Mims, Crowder, Corey Davis. I think was low key like a great signing. The offensive line is definitely improved. Um, and Wilson, we'll see, man. I I am admittedly not a big college football fan, so I, I I watch zero zero Zach Wilson outside of like YouTube highlights. Um. We'll see. He looks like he's twelve, but I mean, we're, we're, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the yeah. the Elijah Moore hype does feel different because it's not just like a few of the team's beat writers. Yeah, it's, it's like national people and, and other players, players in the league, <laughs> yeah, exactly. national media. Um, I don't know. I feel like I may have said this on the podcast last week. I can't remember now, but I know I said it this weekend when I was out talking to people. Uh, the Elijah Moore hype reminds me. Uh, the last rookie offensive player I could think of that had this kind of hype around him was Santana Moss. Yeah. And I feel like it's that, but like injected even more, uh, more. He, he's exciting. Um, he's got players like AJ Brown, who is very good friends with Odell Beckham Jr. Everyone around the, the league is talking about him. That story came out about him, how he's written down all of the wide receivers who were drafted before him on his mirror, uh, as well as Justin Jefferson's rookie stats last year. So um, I'm very excited for him. I actually uh, put a ban on myself from buying player jerseys. Uh, yeah, but it's smart. very but it's very hard for me to not want to not only buy an Elijah Moore jersey because of the hype, but also because he is a wide receiver who's going to be able to wear a single-digit number on this team for the first time ever. And I think that's very cool. Um but that's just me being me. Uh, but I'm excited for him uh, and to see what Wilson can do. I, I know that, you know, everybody freaked out about the the green and white scrimmage and his numbers because, God forbid, you know, Twitter can't overreact about nonsense. But that's another story for whenever. Um, but, yeah, no, I think they're going to be better. I've said it multiple times. I, I said last week that they're going to be decent but not good enough, and it's going to be annoying. But – as long as the players are making the progress, I'm good. As long as they're watchable, is all I care. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch games. Yeah. Score some points. That's all I yeah. care. Watch as long as you're watchable, like in November, December, like that's fine with me. I think we all agree on that. Like yeah. we have no expectations really. I tapped yeah. out after week one last year. I was I was done. Yeah. I, was like, I, mean, I, <laughs> I watched that game. I watched that game. I saw how anemic the offense was. And I was like, all right, I'm, Listen, I'm done. Nothing more can kill your spirit than a 40-year-old Frank Gore rushing <sighs> three yards up the middle on third and eight. I feel so bad for him, too, because, like, I, w- people should should just respect Frank Gore, that the fact that even he was still playing, and it's just right. like, God, like, you shouldn't be on the field right now with this team that's going nowhere and has players they should be seeing what they have with. Only I mean, Jets fans could make – People not like Frank Gore, who's one of the most likable players. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Enough but uh, transitioning to our last segment, everybody's favorite segment of Big Bozo Energy. Uh, my Big Bozo Energy is, um, and it's not it's not just Jets fans; it's football fans, people on Twitter who are trying to position these quarterbacks and rank them based on uh, training camp throws. Um, this quarterback should have been taken instead of this one. Well, this one's being overhyped in 49ers camp and this and that. It's like, 
they have not even played an actual NFL game. Like, we know what the rankings were. We then saw where they were drafted. But this overreacting of every pass in practice and every pass in a scrimmage, and this one made a sidearm throw in the back of the end zone. And notice I'm not naming which quarterbacks are doing this because it's not as serious right now. It doesn't matter. So I just – and and I will say I don't – I can't tell if Kyle is trolling or not when he's doing it. But he, he said, definitely is. I, I just can't tell anymore, and that, that bothers me. It's on Twitter. It's in the group chats. But he's not the only one, and it's just let them play. Like I always have a three-year rule for quarterbacks. Like, I understand that they're getting better now and they're performing. You got to show something by year three. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to show it by year three. That's like Daniel Jones right now. That's like Daniel Jones. Like, that's why the Jets moved on from Sam. Exactly. If it's, if year three, you're not, you're not elevating this team, then we don't need you. Daniel Jones, like you said, is is in that zone of our. This is it for him. This is it. This is the year. You got to show something or you're done. Exactly. So, my big bozo energy is just going to go out to NFL Twitter if you will, because the overreacting of quarterbacks in training camp, and, and this one's amazing already. And I love I love Justin Fields. Um, you know, it was a debate of Wilson over Fields. I thought that Wilson was the best pick for the Jets. We will see. If I'm wrong, I won't. I, I admit that. Um, but I love Fields. Happy he didn't end up in New England. Was thrilled when the Bears traded up for him. I'm rooting very hard for him, even as a Michigan fan, because I think I want a lot good. of money on that. I want a lot yeah. of money on that. <laughs> nice. I, I, I like randomly was just staring at the odds of what team Justin Fields is going to get drafted by. I'm just like, Bears, 16 to 1. I'm like, Andy Dalton? Nah, they got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's my big buzz of energy uh, is, is NFL Twitter. Jordan? Um, so mine's kind of like the similar ballpark to yours, but it's not NFL Twitter. It's just the players tweeting you know it's like i read the michael thomas tweet today and oh. these guys do the same crap over and over again it's like you doubt me or fan, uh people doubt me and you know my back and like stupid stuff like that and it's like listen if that's the way you motivate yourself cool do it somewhere else like i'm so tired of seeing yep. it on instagram seeing it on twitter i i don't care like we had enough stupidity when it came to Tweets when it came to TJ Ward being an idiot with Ron. Oh, yeah, that was bad. This stuff. I mean, it's, I don't want to say stay off social media with these guys, but like, if these teams want to like implement a no social media policy during the season, I would be a okay with that because I'm so tired of the cryptic tweets and like everybody's doubting me. I only know I'm the only one who doesn't doubt myself. But like, I don't care, man. Like, especially not to call. Ohio State players out, but like Ohio State players are like the worst at it. Like they Michael really Thomas, are. Like I think Ted Ginn was like a bad one. Ted Ginn Jr. Say like these guys are just so. Who was the other wide receiver who used to do it all the time? It was from Ohio State. It was Michael Thomas, and there was another one. Was it? Was it? Um. Oh crap! I can't remember the name. I know Marcus Lattimore had some bad tweets before. You, maybe I was thinking it was, it was Lattimore. So it wasn't yeah. wide receiver. But, but yes, yeah, it, it seems to be. Um. It seems to be that Ohio State players do do that. And I'm not just saying that as a Michigan fan. Listen, don't get mad at me. I hate I hate Harbaugh. I hate the direction of the program. This is the first year of my life that I followed zero recruiting for Michigan because they just get four-star guys and get piss-pounded by Ohio State. I respect you guys and what you've built. But it does seem like for some reason, even when they're good, the Ohio State players feel some type of way. So, so no, I agree with you, Jordan. It's, you know, it's just I know I don't want to just say Ohio State players because no, it's not, it just seems no. like they're the ones that always stick out because they're the dumbest ones. But like <laughs> just in general, just post a picture of your dog or like your kids. Like, please, I don't need to see the quotes or your girlfriend it's, or your girlfriend, or your girlfriend <laughs> whatever, you, whatever. I don't care. Just stop with the stupid quotes. And it's always like the same like picture of like the Godfather and like there's a quote up top and like, just something that's so dumb. And I see it every year. And I'm like, all right, I know when training camp starts because this is the crap that we see all the time. So, yeah, that's my now, energy. Now, Fitz, I, I have a habit um, for putting people on the spot on this show. That's something that I do not on purpose. Uh, but since Kyle's not here, um, if you would like to partake in Big Bozo Energy and provide one for us this week. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with uh, Steve Cohen. Another one. Just stop tweeting, dude. Like, come on, you gotta stop. Someone needs to take your phone away. <laughs> like, you should not be on Twitter. So that's it. That that those are old takes exposed, literally waiting to happen. So 
definitely definitely take a take a little hiatus again from Twitter, please, Steve. I, you know what? I actually thought it was cool that he was on, uh, but I agree with you now. Like some of the stuff, and then it just continues to backfire on them. Um, I would just like to announce that this is probably gonna be our last show because Steve Cohen's gonna like buy Streamyard now and <laughs> us down forever for Fitz doing that. So Fitz, it was a pleasure for you being our last guest. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Um, yeah. But no, uh, I, I honestly like agree. Like, yeah, I roll my eyes all the time. Like, I thought it was cool too. With it was great in the beginning. It was really great in the beginning. It was like cool to see it, and then it like during the season, there's been a couple times where it's like you're really pushing your luck here, man. I if they were if they I were winning and in first place by like twelve games, we wouldn't care. But I think he learned a hard lesson, though. I th- I do. Oh, yeah. I think he's learned a hard lesson. Like this year, like hey, it's not all fun and games when it comes to owning a team. I think he learned a hard lesson with that. Hundred percent, and that may be we'll good. See. That that may be very good for going forward because if this team doesn't make the playoffs, then he's going to realize that okay, we need to do something yes. else. And, 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 and spend all the money. Direction, yeah. Spend all so, the money. Fitz, uh, this has been a blast. Appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, let everybody know where they can follow you if for some odd reason that they're not. Um, and we appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm just uh, at FitzGSN underscore on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find me. And thank you guys for having me on. Honestly, it was it was a blast. I really appreciate you guys thinking of me. Thanks. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. Like, definitely in the future, especially like with Rangers stuff, all that. We definitely want to have you back on. And just like to BS, I know you get into like a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter, talking about every different avenue. That's why I love you. That's why I love following you too. You will talk about anything, and you're always like, you know, you're always a good time, man. You you really are. I was so happy when you said yes. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you might be too big time now. Like, <laughs> you might not like respond to me. Like, I might just man, say, like, check ne- never say that, man. I, 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 honest to God, I will. I always try to, you know, pay it forward. Uh, other people like had me on podcasts when I wasn't like a big name, and and I always just really appreciate it. So I always try to. If anybody asks me, I'll always try and make time. So like again, it, I would love to come back. It would be it would be dope. Awesome, Thanks, man. man. Thank you it. so much, man. We we appreciate it. Um, you're replacing Kyle now. Kyle, sorry. <laughs> Fitz is replacing you. But um, no, man, thanks again for real. We we really appreciate it. Thanks, and, fellas. Appreciate it. And as always, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast that no one asked for. As always, on the Ascension Podcast Network, make sure you're listening to All In with Kevin Lewis, as well as the middle initial podcast with Jude A. Jackson, Andrew L. Case. And Kevin Lewis as well as he has been a new addition to the show. Jack, Jack, see ya.